This episode is brought to you by North Texas Honda Dealers. North Texas Honda Dealers, they're here to help. He has time, launches it to the end zone. Touchdown, Terrence Williams. Goes to the right side for Crabtree. It's caught. He put it on. He's up the right sideline. He's got to go. He's tackled. Sam Houston wins it. The Bearcats capture their first FCS championship. Hello and welcome to the Republic of Football, the pre seven on seven edition. We're a little bit relaxed today. We got got Carter Yates sitting in Mike Craven's chair. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing really good. Excited to go to my first seven on seven. Yeah. Uh, you know, it feels kind of like Christmas morning. A lot of anticipation. <laughs> we'll ask right you now. that in a, on Monday. Okay. Yeah, if yeah, you I'll feel the say, same. We'll see how you, honestly, after tomorrow. <laughs> after Friday. No, after Friday. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. Because Friday's that's the, the tough one. day. Yeah. Um, that other voice you hear is, of course, our producer, everyone's favorite, Mal Pal. Mallory, how are you? I am doing so well. Can't wait for – this is my third 7 on 7. I can't believe it. But oh, man, yeah. That's I a am, good point. I am pumped for it. Yeah. Um, for it. So, yeah, I mean, we're recording this the couple hours, probably like an hour or so before we head out mm-hmm. to College Station. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about – off the top, I guess we'll just hit a little bit about 7 on 7. Why not? It's not on the agenda, but we'll talk – just kind of riff on that a little bit. Um, we have some transfer news as far as UTEP is concerned. We'll talk a little bit about that. Rice's AD stepped down as well. Uh, Nothing too in-depth on that, just kind of the news that dropped. So we'll touch a little bit on that. And then we will talk about non-conference games. And then Texas's SEC schedule, because who did the Longhorns piss off at the SEC offices to get that? (laughs) So we'll talk a little bit about all of that. Uh, We each picked a non-conference game for this fall to kind of look forward to. And we'll discuss that as well. So, But first, I mentioned off the top. Uh, yeah, seven on seven. I mean, we don't have to go too in depth on this, but I I, I get people who maybe uh, critique seven on seven, right? I think I think it is maybe used a little too much as far as some people's evals are concerned, but I think it does have its place in terms of prep for the season. Um, as far as quarterback scouting, I do think it does help a lot, mm-hmm. right? If a quarterback is able to kind of make some of the throws, some quarterbacks don't thrive in seven on seven, right? We've seen, we saw uh, last year, I think, uh, DJ, DJ Lagway, he's not that type of quarterback, right? He's the type of quarterback that you throw on pads and he looks really good mm-hmm. and he can, cause, uh, but in seven on seven, he can't use his legs. He's kind of limited a lot. So he doesn't really flash as much, but Carter, I don't know if you have like a thought on seven on seven in general, not just state seven on seven, um, but just the the idea of it. Um, I personally think it has its place. You know, I think you don't put too much weight on it. But in June, I will take any type of football also. So, yeah, I think it was super interesting on the TexasFootball.com website. Matt Stepp, his uh, preview of seven on seven and talking about through the years how when it like really started blossoming into you know this big event in the summer in the early 2000s there really wasn't a huge correlation of seven on seven success compared to on the field success in the fall and now that's because it used to be a lot more you know pro style offenses a lot more run heavy office offenses Mm -hmm. in the 2000s but i think what he outlined in that was look as we get into the back half of the 2010s and into the early 2020s now I mean, it really does have a huge correlation to success on the football field. I mean, we saw that with DeSoto last year. They ran through seven-on-seven in College Station and then absolutely dominated that season in winning the state championship. And I think it is 
super important for the quarterback to develop chemistry with those wide receivers. And it's really just about, you know, competing as a team in mm -hmm. the summer because, you know, football season, there's a lot of off season. Yeah. It can get very monotonous and, you know, spring football is against each other. Um, fall camp, you know, obviously against each other as well. You get to go out and compete against other teams, other high schools and um, develop that chemistry with each other. So yeah. I think it is actually increasing in importance mm -hmm. the more the high school game starts moving into morphing into the almost almost the same thing as the college game yeah no, i agree i think that once you if you're a college fan you know you'll see a lot of these guys names right mm -hmm. in the next over the next couple of years you'll see them this fall pop up as far as your team looking into these guys um, i think one of the things that state seven on sevens benefited from is there's no longer like a competing event in the past. It's been like the opening. It's been, uh, elite, I don't know if it's been elite 11, but it's always been some kind of competing event. And so we would sometimes like, I remember we didn't get Garrett Wilson, right. For his senior year. Uh, we didn't know if we would get Jordan Whittington one time. Um, now we looked, uh, Greg powers, our recruiting uh, coordinator, he, throughout the list and there's like just it's literally multiple like pages of like players so that are going to be there. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, if you're if you're a college fan, you're a high school fan. Like, stay tuned to the site, uh, especially Greg Powers' Twitter and all that. He'll be highlighting all these players, talking to them. You as well, Carter will be. Um, I'll be helping out as well. You'll be seeing a lot of these guys' names for the next year, the next two years, three, four years as they go on to college. Um, I mean, obviously, like the big one right now is probably Micah Hudson, right? The highlight, the the top wide receiver in the state, as far as we're concerned, he'll be there. Um, but you mentioned other guys like Draylon Miller, DJ Bailey, somebody who may be flying under the radar as far as like a highly mm -hmm prospect the quarterback from DeSoto he may he has some you know low FBS high FCS offers where's he gonna go what's he gonna look like so yeah we'll be out there um stay tuned to textfootball.com we'll have a ton a ton of content with like it's almost too much content we'll have uh, we'll have podcasts videos articles features things like that uh Texan live as well all these are yes. free on Texan live I believe so many fields, games what four what four and five what uh, I believe so. So we'll have four games going on at once at all times. Yeah. So on if you're Texan live, yeah, Texan live, Thursday go there, um, yeah. sign up and you will get all that access for free, which include the championship games as well. Yes. I should, I should talk we have about. some good pools. Yes. That we got. So we're going to have great games. It's going to be tons of fun. If you are interested in getting a little bit of a sneak peek to the fall, right. As mm -hmm. Carter said, it's a little nice, a little bit of a preview to what's to come. If you want to say, Oh, that team looked pretty good. Maybe they'll have a good fall. This is a good little preview, um, right? And like you said, all those games on Texan Live are for free, so 100%. you don't need to you don't need to log in, you don't need to subscribe, which we would love for you to subscribe, but sure. you can watch all of those. Think games of it as like a little entree of yes. what you could get in the fall. In the right? fall, yeah. Yeah. correct. Here's a little teaser if you like it. Boom. Well, that DJ Bailey comment actually, you know, triggered a thought, and it was yeah. like my our first introduction to DJ Bailey was really last year at Seven on Seven, oh, and yeah. then he, you know, oh, yeah. tore it up in the fall. I think that's such a huge thing for young quarterbacks and like almost getting those nerves out of the way and getting sure. that confidence in the summer of mm -hmm. like, okay, I can compete on this varsity level. And then they transition that into the fall. So there's a couple guys. I mean, Abilene's Braden Henry. I was about to say, he's a, he was a freshman last year. He was year. a freshman last year, and he's going to be the full-time starter this year. Uh, another guy like Jet Surratt from Carthage, mm -hmm. who's a, mm -hmm. about to be a sophomore and take over the starting role. Um, like it'll be really huge for those guys too in terms of their development. Yep, mm hundred -hmm. percent. So, like I said, stay tuned to TexasFootball.com and Texan Live to uh, for this week, and we'll be with you through Saturday. Uh, moving on a little bit, a little bit of transfer news. Uh, UTEP got a. We, we'd kind of heard rumblings that this would happen, but officially, uh, Tyron Smith came back to UTEP. Was their leading wide receiver last year. 
He was set to be a big pickup for Texas A&M, uh, kind of going into that slot role. Uh, I believe Mike Craven talked about how he was intended to be an Anaya Smith replacement, right? Anaya mm-hmm. Smith was theoretically seemed to be moving on, whether it's transfer portal or pro. He decided to come back. And so that left kind of Tyron, Tyron Smith in an interesting spot. He had over 1,000 yards last year, uh, seven touchdowns for, for UTEP. And that left him in an interesting spot because he was like, well, there's my, there goes the spot I was yeah. expecting to come into. Exactly. And he decided to go back to UTEP, which I think is a great situation because UTEP, for as much as, in, for as inconsistent as they've been maybe at times, especially on offense, wide receiver someplace they've been able to make things happen. Justin Garrett, uh, Jacob Cowing, uh, who I believe went to Arizona before going to the NFL. And now they pump out Tyron Smith and it's like, okay, now he's going to get all the touches in the world, right? He's going to go back there. They're, they're going to need to lean on him because he's basically their, I mean, not their only receiver. They've done a really good job. Uh, Scotty O'Hara has at developing that unit, but now he comes in as being the alpha. He comes back. He's going to be in an offense where he's going to get a tons, t- tons of touches as opposed to A&M where, you know, they're a lot more balanced. He's not the number one guy. He's kind of a number two slash three guy there. I don't know. I think it was a smart move for him. And obviously, UTEP has got to be insanely happy to have him back. U- UTEP has to be insanely happy. And it's because you say, like, yes, they've done such a great job of developing these wide receivers. But the problem was they kept losing them all. I was about to say, era, in the transfer portal, yeah. This new era of NIL opportunity and transfer portal. Like Jacob Cowing, mm-hmm. obviously, you mentioned leaves for Arizona. Then they were going to have Tyron Smith go to AM. and mm-hmm. uh, So this is kind of a huge win for them. It's like, hey, not only do we develop this guy, we also get to reap the benefits now mm-hmm. of him coming back. And, you know, last year I thought it was really interesting. He was only the eighth wide receiver in UTEP history to gain 1,000 yards receiving in the season. So this is like – this is a, a program – not a – I wouldn't say a, a program-altering – but, yeah, no, actually, no. I will is, say yeah, yeah. I will <laughs> say it is a program-altering thing for this upcoming season. Like, yeah. that, that would have been a huge loss – for UTEP, and I think, like you say, it's a really smart move. When Anai Smith came back, he was going to obviously be uh, second or third on the depth chart mm-hmm. in that slot receiver role, and he's, his body type doesn't allow him to go to the outside either. Right. Um, so I, it just makes sense for everyone involved, and uh, I'm happy to see it happen. Yeah, 100%. So moving on to a little bit of other news. Um, Carter, you had this one up. Uh, Joe Carlgaard uh, from Rice, the athletic director, has stepped down. Um, you know, I would say – we don't have to go too in-depth on this because it was just some of the news that dropped, but he's done – Rice is such an interesting AD position, right, because you obviously have the academic standards, so there's there's a, there's kind of a – there's a unique set of circumstances when it comes to building athletics program there, right, because you have a standard to uphold, you have kind of a culture to uphold, but also you have to build a successful athletic program. So, um, yeah, I mean, 10 years, I'd say it's been a – a mixed-ish 10 years, there are there was some conference championships in there, right? In his early tenure, I believe they won Conference USA very early on. Um, then, obviously, the Bailiff era kind of faded mm-hmm. away, and then he kind of go, went into the Bloomgren era, which has kind of had a little bit of a resurgence. Mm-hmm. And so I'd say he's left, especially the football program, got him to the AAC, right, which wasn't a guarantee. I think that's probably the biggest thing he's done was took them from Conference USA to the AAC, which yeah. they – if you would have told – Everybody in Conference USA a couple years ago, you would have probably pinned them as like, oh, yeah, they're the ones one left out. Ain't no way. Right? There's yeah. no way. There's right? no way. Houston Market, <laughs> sure, whatever. They're, they're going to get left out. I would out. have picked UTEP to move to the to American say, over Rice. Yeah. He gets them to the next yeah. conference, and now, you know, whatever happens with them next, you know, it, it, it's up to, you know, I think, I, let put it, let's put it this way. He's done a successful job for what he had, tough circumstance, and now, you know, 
I think whoever comes in next has a good platform to kind of take the program going forward. I totally agree. I think it is, like you said, just such a, a hard circumstance. And, like, he came from Stanford, you know, mm-hmm. so, like, he was the right guy to kind of work at a school where the academic standards are so high. Right. I think them going to the American is um, – is really just an awesome thing for Rice as an athletic program. Mm-hmm. And all the facilities, they have made upgrades to, you know, the football facility and the baseball baseball diamond. So uh, they also – the signature achievement for him was in 2016. He had uh, the new sports performance, mm. the sports performance facility put in as well. So I think he – I think he uh, mixed results on the field, but sure. off the field and, and moving to a new conference, I think overall a very successful tenure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe uh, Joseph Duarte from the Houston Chronicle said he will be taking his job in the private sector. So he's kind of getting out of – I don't know if he's getting out of the industry necessarily, but he is getting out of mm-hmm. public education, it looks like, or public uh, service, looks like. Um, before we get to our non-conference schedule, Carter, I want to get your thoughts. Uh, who did Texas upset <laughs> in the SEC? Because obviously last week we haven't had a chance to talk Good about this. Lord. Uh, the 2024 SEC schedule came out, and uh, – or at least leaked, I guess. First it leaked, then it eventually came out. Yep. Um, they go – so the, the big news, obviously, was that they get they get Texas A&M, obviously, on the schedule. They go to Kyle Field. So there was some – I know there was some contention about whether or not they – since obviously the first the, – the last matchup was at Kyle Field. Would they reverse it and say, no, it's to be in Austin this time? The SEC really didn't have an incentive to put that in Austin because it was like yeah. that was the Big Twelve. We don't care. Like it's back in you know we're we're gonna have the the team that's been here a while host the first one. But then also you saw some of the other names come out, uh, Georgia, <laughs> and they gave them quote unquote a little bit of a bone by not giving them also Alabama. <laughs> but uh, thank you, thank Arcan- you so much. Yeah, I was about to say, <laughs> yeah, yeah, appreciate that. Really, really big thing. Uh, Arkansas as well, renewing a little bit of the Lone Star uh, Southwest Conference, I should say, rivalry game, and then kind of one that was a lot of a non-conference game against Michigan. Michigan. <laughs> what? So here's the problem Holy with that. Crap. Yeah, yeah. For multiple years, there have been people saying Texas's non-conference schedule is far too difficult. Right? Sure, They'll sure. have a kind of cupcakes on the first and third game, but that second mm-hmm. game, LSU, Alabama, then Michigan. Right. They were trying to have these marquee matchups, and that's all fine and dandy until you move to the SEC now. Mm -hmm. And some games you scheduled for a home-and-home like five, six years ago, you're now in the SEC. So add on top of your gauntlet that you're on the SEC, you also got to face Michigan. Well, here, yeah. Second game of the season. So so here's this. I'm I'm on – I forgot about their future, some of their future uh, contracts. Because I remember when they signed the Alabama contract, everybody was like, that's really cool. You know, that's running back that national title rematch. So Michigan next year. By the way, they still have UTSA, which uh, for an F for it's for, not a cakewalk. For it's a group, not a, for a group no. of five opponents, and they proved right? that last year. I was about to say they yeah. scared them last year. Yeah, yeah. Twenty twenty five. Do you know who they're and twenty six? Do you know who their contract is with in twenty five and twenty six? No, I don't. Ohio State. Oh, <laughs> oh my god! So they go to the horseshoe oh. in twenty five, and they host oh. Ohio State in twenty six. Uh, and again, these contracts can be ripped up, whatever, That's whatever. Tough. But but obviously, it's, it seems it seems hard to imagine big changes like this, right? Uh, twenty seven, they have the return leg with Michigan, so Michigan comes to Austin. Uh, twenty eight, twenty nine, they don't have at least right now. They don't have any big contracts. In thirty, obviously, this will change. They had a they had they'll need a replacement for Florida in thirty and thirty one because those are their those are their quote unquote non conference contracts that they have. Mm-hmm. 
But yeah, so Ohio, they go from <laughs> Alabama to Michigan, Ohio State twice, and then hosting Michigan. Uh, also, reading the rest of their SEC schedule, these aren't in order or anything like that. Uh, they don't have the dates yet, but they will host Florida, host Georgia, host Kentucky, which is not easy. No. Mississippi State, we'll see where they are. Obviously, we're working on a new head coach. At Arkansas, at AM, and then they're little, they're, you know, at Vanderbilt, sure, whatever. That's kind of That's the weakest you're going to get in the SEC. Um, so, yeah, that is, <laughs> that's the first. Man, how are they going to stay healthy through that? Like, that's it. Well, and especially with a team like like looking ahead to 2024, Michigan's a physical dominant team that likes yeah. to beat you up, beat you up, up front. Yeah. So and that'll, that's, be week, that'll be week two. That's going to be their concern is just staying healthy through yeah, all of that. That'll be a concern. This will also be a concern. I don't see a scenario where Quinn Ewers is still the starting quarterback. It's going to be probably Arch Manning. It'll be, it'll us, be yeah. either Arch Manning right. or Malik Murphy. Or Malik Murphy. Right. Probably going to be Arch Manning. So it will be a first-time starting quarterback that will have to travel to Ann Arbor in week two. And we'll remember a couple years ago, the Hudson card era basically ended before it started right. in yeah, week two good, against Arkansas because they threw him out there against a super hostile environment. Now you're going back to Fayetteville and yeah. you're going to College Station, which is going to be the most raucous environments possible. Texas yeah. better hope that A&M game is on Thanksgiving late in the season and that Arkansas game is also late in the season as yeah. well. Um but this is what Texas, this is what you wanted. Oh, yeah, you know? exactly. Sure, is, they they, they asked moved, for it. Yeah, right. When they moved to the SEC, this was what people was like, okay, they want they want they wanted this this high profile, right? They wanted the idea of like we want to be able to have the room to like lose a game, lose two games, and still be in the conversation because our schedule is so damn tough and to make a playoff. And I'll tell you what, as a fan of college football, yeah. you have to love this. Oh, I mean, 100%. These are marquee matchups. It's going to be year in and year out. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like national brands going against each other. Do you agree, Mallory? <laughs> I agree. I, de- I, I definitely agree. I'm really excited for that Michigan matchup. Like, that's going to be super, super that might, exciting. I think that's the s- that'll only be the second time they've played. I think that, the we Ro- were talking I about think the that. The Rose Bowl in, was yeah, the first time yeah. they ever played. Mm hmm. And I think this will be, which is cr- again, where the we back, okay. we're back, uh, yeah. things started right, right, yeah. right. Michigan. Yes, yes. And I think like when you look at marquee programs in the history of college football, the fact that they've only played twice now, coming up on twice, right? It's kind of. I remember. Wh- I remember when that Rose Bowl was getting hyped up. It was like all these factoids about both programs and how much history between them. Mm-hmm. And it was like, yeah, the fact that they just never met. Mm-hmm. Which is like unheard of. Again, usually That's what college football is about, though. Right? Like, no, but it's like it's like at least in a bowl game or some non-conference, you would have thought just like, oh yeah, let's just play. Right. And before exactly. These, before these past two years, where Michigan, you know, has obviously made the college football playoff mm-hmm. and beaten Ohio State, they were kind of like almost in similar spots where they're both historic programs that constantly kind of fail on the yeah. big yeah. stage. Right, right, right. They, they set the, the season high at expectations, and then they just kind of trickle down. The fans are kind of the same almost. Yes. That is just a good like, point. You know, I, yes. Setting the, like you said, setting the, setting the uh, bar right. so, so high and yeah. then falling short of expectations. So. That is a really good point, especially like, you know, at least until this past year, you know, Michigan – I mean, I guess it kind of goes to the point. Michigan always kind of lived in Ohio State's shadow for a bit, and now yeah. they're starting to kind of come around. Texas, similar with Oklahoma, now they're starting to – obviously last year kind of put them in the rearview mirror uh-huh. a little bit, and so they've kind of taken a step ahead. And so, yeah, it is like, you know, you spent like the last decade of living in this other program's shadow, and now recruiting starting to go your way, coaching starting to go your way, and you're just kind of finally starting to make that turn around mm-hmm. them. Uh, speaking of Oklahoma, real quick. Uh, Are you going to talk about their non-conference because it's a cakewalk? The non-conference? Oh, I have In 2024. 
Oh, Oklahoma's. I haven't looked at yeah. the non-conference. I was just yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty. It's a cakewalk. What is it? So they've got. They only have two on there right now, but yeah, yeah, they've yeah. got Temple to start off the season, and then <laughs> by that point, Tulane's probably they're, they're not going to have that quarterback anymore. Right. So they're Pratt's probably gonna not going to be nearly as good. So compared yeah. to Texas's yeah non-conference, that's, it's it's pretty easy. Yeah, that's incredible. I was going to look or at smart there. if you look at it that way. Well, because they're like, yeah, we know what conference play is going to look like. Oh, so <laughs> well, if you look at Oklahoma's schedule this year, it's just a cakewalk. Like they get they got the best possible Big Twelve schedule. Uh, that's why they're so high. That's what Craven's talking right. about. That's why their over under right. so damn high. Um, but looking at Oklahoma really quick, uh, Alabama, South Carolina, Tennessee, which again they're on the, the come up, Auburn, LSU. I mean, it's not again. Texas is harder. Don't get me wrong. Like Georgia, you throw in who I mentioned, Arkansas as well. But Tennessee on the come up, Auburn potentially on the come up with Hugh Freeze. LSU is definitely on the come up, and then of course you get Bama. You have to host Bama. Um, Missouri, whatever, and then Ole Miss, who reloads right. every year with transfers. So it's Kiffin. not a. Also, if you talk about consistency too, I mean those those programs are pretty consistent. Other like if you look at Texas's conference schedule, yeah. like you've got the really lows of the low conference, and you also have the really highs. But right. if you're looking say, at you're Oklahoma's depth, conference, it's very it's very consistent. Yeah, the teams are very consistent. Look, if you look yes. at Oklahoma's depth, they probably have the harder schedule in terms of depth. Correct. Right, like mm-hmm. week to week. There's no rest. Right, right. Right. Texas, get a Vanderbilt in there, right? You get yeah. uh I don't know who let me see who was the other one I mentioned. Um there was there was one other like Kentucky who's like fine, right? They're not like Mississippi blue State blood. probably will right, be yeah, an Mississippi easier, State, again, like, yeah. again, dip, new coach, opponent. we don't know what they're going to yeah. be. So as far as depth is concerned, Texas may he's like, yeah, we'll take Georgia as long as we get Vanderbilt. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah. but still, it's it's not an easy welcome at all. No. All right, before we get into our uh, non-conference discussion, Mallory, it is hot outside. Correct. It's very hot outside. So you should be looking for some nice clothes to kind of get you some breathable can air, I, I was gonna breathable say, material. Can I tell you what I'm looking for? Ooh, okay. I'm not looking, looking for, for these really thin thick t-shirts right yeah. really really thick that make you sweat once you walk outside basically right. what the one i'm wearing right now it's long <laughs> literally the it's one hot <laughs> probably shouldn't have worn this one today but yeah. you know it is what it is yeah. shout out to my arlington colts that's the shirt i'm wearing <laughs> um i want something that's lightweight yeah you know i want something where i'm gonna walk outside and i'm gonna be like wow like i feel breezy right now yeah. like i feel good breathable yes uh, breathable and you know where i'm gonna go look where the only gonna? place i'm gonna go look where are you gonna look Home Field Apparel. Boom. Let's go. Home Field Apparel. Use promo code DCTF. They've had some fire drops recently, Mallory. As you know, North Texas joined the fray, and those clothes look fire as hell. Mm -hmm. I mean, the Super Pit one, I'm having to restrain myself to not buy one because I'm still holding out. I, I told myself I'm You're not, petty. I'm still You're holding petty. out. I'm not buying another group of five until Texas State's on We there. won, so why don't you not, celebrate? You got, to, you got to see Texas State lose at the Super Pit. Anyway. Um, <laughs> I think you deserve that. Anyway. What <laughs> and I was Texas dropped new apparel, too. Did you see that? Yes, Texas Carter? did drop new I apparel. I have not seen it. No. It I looks need really to go nice. check it out. It, it looks really, really excellent. good. It is mm-hmm. some excellent stuff. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. If you're a fan of a lot of schools in Texas, I believe Texas State, UTSA, UTEP are the only ones right now, the FBS mm-hmm. programs, uh, and SAM, uh, that yep. do not have apparel. Everybody else in the state has apparel. There are plenty of other uh, schools across the country that have apparel. If you want to use promo code DCTF, 15% off your first order, you don't have to just limit yourself to the Texas schools, right? I have a Tulane shirt. 
I love my Tulane shirt. It is a nice little. Uh, it's nice. It's a nice little spaceman with it the is. Tulane uh, angry wave flag. I love it. Uh, I have a Texas Tech shirt as well. So I have a Houston Christian shirt, which again I love the fact there's there's a Houston Christian shirt with a dribbling husky playing basketball. That's awesome. I just got a TCU shirt. Yes, exactly. Can't wait to wear it. It's gonna be great. So if you want a bunch of apparel that honors. I think the best thing about them is they're honoring retro vintage designs, right? They have a modern a modern look, but also kind of hint at the school's mm-hmm. history. If you want a lot of cool old school imagery, there's only one brand in the game doing it right now. Go check out homefieldapparel.com, promo code DCTF. Or if you want to support any of the other podcasts on the ROF network, they all have promo codes. Go listen to their shows, Gambling Gauchos, Frogs Insider, uh, Between Two Bears. They have their own promo codes, support all the shows if you want to tell your friends tell your family i know father's day passed up but if you want to get something for a late father's day gift i don't know you can say hey dad i forgot about this here's the tcu shirt so like i said promo code dctf for 15 percent off your first order go check out homefieldapparel.com okay y'all i asked y'all to pick a non-conference game in 2023 because we got some damn good ones if you have so many good options if you haven't checked out craven's piece on techsoba.com he ranked 10 he ranked 10 he probably could have gone a little bit further uh if he wanted to just include all of them but he ranked 10 of the non-conference games in 2023 so we're gonna talk about them uh let's start with mallory mallory what game did you pick and why uh this was tough i was going through the list and i had i mean you can make an argument that every single one of the these non-conference games deserves to be number one on the list but Mm -hmm. the one that intrigued me the most was Colorado at TCU week one for mo- week one yes. that's one week one the the national spotlight's going to be on both teams because I think that there's just so many unknowns around both of these teams like starting mm-hmm. off with Colorado I mean of course Deion Sanders coming up from Jackson State he's coaching FBS football now there was all that weirdness around you know, no access to film and stuff right, like that. Right. I mean, there's so many new transfers with this team. We have absolutely no idea what this team's going to look like, right? And on the TCU side, you can kind of make that same argument. I mean, there's so many holes to fill on both sides of the ball with eight or nine players going to the NFL, a couple yep. of transfers coming in as well. But also, most of those guys last year were Gary Patterson's guys. Yep. I mean, a lot of these guys bringing in are Sonny's guys. So I'm really interested to see – kind of how his squad, more of his guys, you know, develop. And I don't know. I just think there's so many unknowns around both of these teams that I just don't know really what to expect in Fort Worth (laughs) in week one. That was exactly the word I had when thinking about this game is just like unknown. Right. You don't know what you're going to get. And the thing I'm really interested to see is, so last year at TCU, I mean, caught it, it it's I don't it's kind of disrespectful to say lightning in a bottle because they were a really yeah. good football team you right. know like they were a great program but like Max Duggan the quarterback and wide receiver Quentin Johnston like had their best season because they had such good chemistry before that you know they were good players but they really ascended to the next level so I'm I'm wanting to see in this game who's got the early chemistry with Chandler Morris at quarterback mm-hmm. and the early favorite is Savion Williams, because he's got that same body type at 6'5", where Johnston was Mm -hmm. 6'4". But I'm really intrigued by JoJo Earl, the former Alito standout. Like, I want to see – that's the best Texas high school football storyline is Chandler Morris, Highland Park, and JoJo Earl Earl Alito, Alito. you know, having that chemistry and having a really good season. 
But also Jordan Hudson leaving TCU after spring practice. Like, I mean, he didn't really think – he might not have thought he had a starting role, which means right. someone stepped up. Mm-hmm. So there's somebody there. Somebody that, there yep. yes. made Jordan Hudson feel threatened, and maybe it was JoJo Earl, and we'll, we'll have to see how it goes. Yeah, there's so many – like, J.P. Richardson, Rice stepping up in potentially from Oklahoma State as well. Tommy uh, Brockermeyer, too, coming in. Yeah, like, there's so many interesting I, – I do like this matchup, and I do like that it's week one because, like you mentioned with, with the Colorado side – it's kind of unprecedented, right, mm-hmm. what they're doing. They're trying to put together literally a team in an offseason, right? We can talk about uh, Tech State doing something similar on the end, mm-hmm. on their end, but a lot of those guys were in by spring camp right. and played mm-hmm. in the spring game. Colorado was kicking they're dudes still- out after the spring. Like, <laughs> if you saw that spring game, there were dudes that were like, those are walk-ons, like just straight-up walk-ons yeah. playing against Travis Hunter and, and Shadur Sanders, which were more or less the only two guys that were really there for, right. for, the, whole, for the entirety. Um, and obviously they bring in like somebody like a um, – oh, God, did Alton McCaskill go to Colorado? Alton, Alton McCaskill yeah, went to Colorado. that's yes. right. Yeah, so like you have that storyline coming in. You have all the other guys who are coming in and kind of making, making hay, basically having to come together in, in summer, right? Right. And until – Summer is just for conditioning, right? That's the thing. Like, once spring ends, you're in conditioning, and the strength and conditioning coach is more or less the head coach until everybody's back by, like, fall camp. And so they're going to have to, like, really get together in fall camp and more or less, like, three weeks Mm -hmm. put together, like, something on the field, which, again, unprecedented. So it could either go very badly or pretty competently, right? right? I'd say TCU should be the odds-on favorite to win this game, whether or not they have stuff to replace, but – their head coach, their system, a lot of those guys have been in the building for a while. So TCU should be a sizable favorite. I'm interested to see, one, if Colorado comes out and punches TCU in the mouth, what's that say kind of about both programs, mm-hmm. right? Are you a little worried about TCU? What do you take away from this? Yeah, I mean, it, you, is, exactly, it is week you, one. It's a non-conference game. Like, how sure. much do you take away from the result of Especially this game? Especially last year when TCU wasn't that great against Colorado either. Well, like, and Chandler, they, they, Mo- they, Chandler Morris was hurt. Chandler Morris, the starter, he gets knocked out, and all of a sudden you're like, ooh, this the fir- especially, Duggett, the yeah. fir- especially the first half. TCU like, took a little bit on the mouth, and you're like, mm-hmm. what's kind of going on here against, with this Colorado, uh, right. against this Colorado team? So something similar? I don't know. Uh, are we in the trust tree right now? Correct. Yeah, okay, okay, yeah, no one's listening. <laughs> uh, the more the media and the coaching industry kind of dumps on Deion Sanders right now and yeah. this strategy he's, he's using, I kind of think it might work. I think it might I work. I agree too. with I you. Think it's too much talent. They're bringing in too it's much scary. talent. Like, okay, what I did see is like, Colorado right now is like getting the sixth most bets in Vegas to win the national championship. Like, that's. <laughs> absurd that's a little bit of a stretch but that's awesome the over under (laughs) is three and a half right now and i kind of want to hammer the over i I think i think four and five four four or five is their their sweet spot yeah i really think so so just because their schedule i i could here's this i could see them being a lot better than i think and still getting about five wins right Mm -hmm. because their schedule's tough right i think they get oregon i think they get utah right they get the tough end of the of the pac-12 schedule but i do think that He's bringing in too much talent to be a bad team, mm-hmm. right? right? Just a genuinely bad. Like before, before I started seeing the players he was getting, when I just saw him clearing out, I was like, "Oh, there's no way, right?" There's like Shadur Sanders. I like him a lot. Travis Hunter, he's really good. I, I was like clearing out this much, this many guys. There's no way. There's probably this is probably a three win team. And then he saw, I was like, "Oh, they just brought an Alton McCaskill like that." Right, it's like bringing my luggage with me, and it's right, Louis. Right, exactly. and then he's like, "Well, it kind of is." Oh my! Yeah, he made that comment. I was like, "Wow, you got to feel horrible if you're a Colorado player in that room." Is like, "Well, none of them are there now." So yeah, because really right. I said, "I was like, I was like, how is he going to win over this locker room after that comment?" It was oh, like, he's going to okay. kick the locker oh, room out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, no, I I cannot. 
I'll, I'll mention my game uh, when we get to it, but it, there's a, there's only there's two things I'm paying attention to week one, and this is definitely one of them. So Carter, I, I want to go to that game. I I, I kind of do. Oh, too. and I've, I've talked to three Colorado fans, so it's not a huge sample size, but they are turned. My brother, Sanders era. Yeah. a yeah. little bit off topic, my brother moved to Boulder yes, um, yes, about a year that. ago from today, actually. Um, and he has completely dismissed Michigan State fandom. He doesn't like, he is a Colorado <laughs> fan now. And a Deion Sanders, he has a Deion Sanders shirt, I think. And They're I'm like, what the he's heck a, is your he's deal? He's a Coach Prime stand now. Yeah, so I'm like, yeah, just come back for the game. Like, they're they're crazy. Yeah. They're, they're, they are so hyped up for this season. I, I don't know. It's, it's interesting. That it's rules. an interesting little matchup. All right. Carter, what you got? Great pick, Mallory. My pick is going to be week two, Oregon traveling to Texas mm-hmm. Tech. Mm. That was my second. So this is a 6 p.m. kickoff. Yeah. And it's going to be so perfect for the atmosphere in Lubbock because it's the it's the season opener yes. in Texas Tech. There's and a ton of hype surrounding this team right there's now. There's so much hype surrounding Texas Tech. And I can't really remember a time where there has been this much positive vibes around Tech since, I mean, maybe Mike Leach and Graham Harrell. And I was Michael about to Crabtree. say, it, it, like, I'm trying, yeah. Because Cliff Kings, I, I thought, like, okay, maybe Cliff Kingsbury and Patrick Mahomes. But I was like, Patrick Mahomes was not, like, NFL MVP Patrick Mm-mm. Mahomes. No. no. He didn't really get recognized until he made his debut in the NFL. No. I, say, yeah, I, was, I feel like Cliff's first year. I think he. I think it was Davis. I think it was Baker Mayfield and Davis Webb. I think were his quarterbacks. And I don't think. Pat, I think it was good, but it was like Baker Mayfield. I think was still a walk on. So it was like, who's this guy? You yeah. know, it wasn't like, a, oh man, they like leading into the season. There wasn't this much hype. So I, it's going to be just such an amazing atmosphere and. I'm really looking forward on defensive line, Jalen Hutchings, Tony Bradford Jr. to yes. have a have a day. And I wrote about this kind of in my schedule analysis piece, but Oregon had the best offensive line in the nation mm-hmm. by sacks per game last year. Part of the reason Bo Nix, their quarterback, had such a great year and got is getting some like dark horse, legitimate Heisman. Oh, 100%. There's some first round quarterback hype too. First round quarterback He's still hype. There? Yeah, he's still oh there. yeah, he he's came still, back. This he, is the year. This is the year. He's yeah. gonna figure. He's gonna figure it all out this yep. year. It's, Good lord. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, he's been like, like he. They were number one in the nation. His offensive line was by sacks per game last yeah. year. They got to replace four starters mm. on offensive line, Oof, and that's tough. Yeah. So te- Texas Tech, the defensive line, that's kind of the strength of their team right now. And and I will say, I'm a I'm a fan of Tyler Shuck. Like I, I think do too. I am too. he's got the body type at six foot five, two twenty five, arm talent to be an NFL draft pick. Like I think he will be an NFL draft pick mm-hmm. if he stays healthy. Tech rotated through three quarterbacks yeah. last year because their offensive line wasn't very good, Mm-mm. right? Mm-mm. So the offensive line needs to be figured out. But I think it's going to be a, an electric game, electric atmosphere. Well, and yeah. to add more fuel to the fire, Tyler Shuck like started his career oh, at yeah. Oregon, I totally forgot which is that. Yeah. I mean, uh, take point. take that. that what you know what we, you will, but like it's it's interesting. He knows that system. He knows that coaching staff. There hasn't been much turnover in that coaching staff since he left. So I mean, you know, that's interesting fuel to the fire there. Yeah, I, for, I completely forgot that he started out mm-hmm. at Oregon, and he that's why like when he came to Tech. It was, was kind so of a big, yeah. It was big, so yeah, much. It was so much hype that. because he struggled his seniors uh, freshman year, but people still saw, like, like uh, Carter said, they still saw the size, still saw the tools, the right? Intangibles, yeah, mm-hmm. the intangibles, and like a lot of like, ju- we didn't see the best of Justin Herbert at Oregon either, right? No, like no. the quarterback that we're seeing at, in Los Angeles isn't the guy that we saw in Oregon, and so there was some like, did they get the best out of Tyler Shuck, right? And so there's some of that mystery, and obviously injuries hampered him a lot. I still think that there's a reason why Joey McGuire 
he has the quarterback of the future behind him in Baron Morton, and I mm-hmm. think they'll pull the trigger if they need to this year. But there's a reason why when Shuck got healthy got, uh, last year, he was still the guy, right? And there's a reason they announced it in spring, right. after spring ball. They didn't drag it out to fall Yeah, down. 100%, because they know, they know Baron Morton's a guy. They could easily say, yeah, Baron Morton's starter quarterback. He's going to be here multiple years. Tyler Shuck, you know, do what you want. Go transfer one more time or whatever. He's like, no, this guy's good enough to be the starter. And so top-to-bottom roster-wise – I can't remember the last time I've been this interested in a Texas Tech team, even including the Mike Leach era, right? Because when you include the Mike Leach era, obviously at that time it was a different different game plan, right? It was pure air raid, so like the running mm-hmm. game really didn't matter. The defense definitely didn't matter. And it was more or less like uh, Cliff Kingsbury, obviously same thing. Defense definitely did not matter. Mm-hmm. Um, Matt Wells never mattered. Tommy Tupperville never mattered. It, like it was always like one side of the bar, one unit, maybe the quarterback mm-hmm. or something. One this one, you just mentioned the defensive yeah. line is probably their best unit, right? Mm-hmm. That doesn't even include how I'm interested in what's going on with the backfield with Taj Brooks, right? Now that he's the number one guy. I'm interested in what's happening with the wide receivers, right? Is Loic Fungi take that next step to be mm-hmm. maybe uh, to be one of those guys? Miles Price, I like him a lot. There's just so much hype and not even talking about like off the field, right? They're in play for Micah Hudson, right? There's some Twitter <laughs> yeah. chatter going on about Which the, is crazy. the number one wide receiver <laughs> in the country right now and Micah Hudson. So there's just so much. Joey McGuire climbed a crane. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you saw that on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, that right? was awesome. He climbed, a, he climbed a construction crane in the end zone complex. There's so much juice right now in Lubbock, and it could either skyrocket or it could either like come back down to earth, right? Because Oregon is a legitimate national title threat. I think they yeah. should be. Like you mentioned, Bo Nix took a step forward. We'll see what he looks like behind a new offensive line. But if Texas Tech comes out and scares Oregon, if it's like – I would probably pencil this as like 10 point game at the end, right? Oregon mm-hmm. 30 or, you know, 35, 25, 35, 28. Really somewhere. close in the first yeah, half. Yeah, really close in the first half. If Lubbock is rocking by like midway through the fourth quarter, people are going to be They're really. They're going to take some chances too. Right. Joey McGuire's going to take some say, chances. This is one some of the riskiest down, teams. Yeah. I, think, I think they led the country last year in like fourth down attempts. I, yeah, like yeah, yeah. Conversions. We converted six versus Texas. Yeah. To oh, I remember. Yes, I do remember. I was going to say it kind of might be like the Texas game. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> but like, this is, is going to be a fun team. And it's going to be very uh, fun. I can't wait to see them against right away against a team with national title aspirations because if this team is a dark horse Big 12 team, which is what we think they could be. They got to prove it against a team like this. So, man, I'm excited to see who Joey McGuire picks to bring to Big 12 Media Day because there's so yeah, many Ma- people he could bring. Price yeah, there's I so remember, many. I can't remember the other guy who was with him. Uh, Tyrell, uh, Tyree Wilson. Yes, yes, was there. Um, um, and the, but there was another one who was with uh, Miles Price. Yeah, and it was great. And I cannot remember his name, and we I feel bad. Uh, but he but bring, that just speaks to like he brings personality. How much? Yeah, Joey like McGuire brings personalities to got. Media Day, so I'm very excited to see who he. I'm assuming Shuck will be one of them. Yeah, right. Uh, just because it'll be his last time to do it, and so um, I expect him. I hope he brings Miles Price back. <laughs> he's awesome. so much fun. <laughs> he's so much fun. Um, but yeah, so I'm very pumped to see this Tech team this year. All right, mine is a team that or a game that potentially has a tire fire written all over it. <laughs> UTSA at Houston. Okay. Okay. Week one. Yep. Because as much as we talked about with the things going wrong for Houston this year. They still have reportedly sold their most uh, season tickets because they're going to the Big 12, right? Mm-hmm. And so it is. So people, a lot of Houston fans are saying, this is why you move to the Big 12, right? You want to get people excited. Whether or not it's like, oh, it's because just people want to see Texas, just people want to see Oklahoma. It doesn't matter. They're coming to the game, right? They're coming to the game to see somebody. They're packing mm-hmm. out the stadium. If all that hype is just squashed in one in week one, <laughs> Which because this, this, this stadium well is going to be. be packed. 
week one. Whether or not they're disappointed or whatever, it's a new season. First year in the Big 12. UTSA. UTSA travels, too. They're going to the game. Houston Houston fans have people who went to UTSA, right? They probably have friends who went to UTSA, all this stuff. They're going to want to beat this team. They saw how close it was last year in the Alamo Dome. Craven and I were at that game. Yeah. If UTSA comes out and beats Houston – Buddy, we're I'm talking about a fun. <laughs> we're, we're talking about a fun season, if, as far as that's concerned. So I uh, give me that. You got UTSA basically running back, more or less the same team minus Sakari Franklin. Yeah, and Houston running back, a lot of new pieces. And Donovan it could Smith. Be, it could be a chance for a really uh, humbling experience for Houston, as, as, as far as I'm concerned. Don, do you think Donovan Donovan Smith is going to start at quarterback for? Houston. I think so. Um, I know Craven talked about how Lucas Coley is is in is in play as well. I don't think you bring in a Donovan Smith to not without the start intent him. of starting. Yeah, him. Right. Um, I do have again. I have questions about him as well. Um, he's very turnover prone. Yes. Um, I know he beat. I know he beat Texas, but that was more like with his legs and right. a lot of what Texas didn't do, um, mm-hmm. as opposed to like him throwing and, the ball. And who, all over. who Texas didn't have as well. Oh, I sure, yeah. Say. Um, and so. Yeah, I think Tech used him in a way last year that got good, got enough stuff out of him, right? The offensive line wasn't very good, so he was able to move around a little bit. Um, but when they asked him to throw the ball, which Dana Holgers is definitely going to do, mm-hmm. he was a little shaky. So, But with that being said, I do still think he's the best option for them. Um, but it's just that UTSA, this, to that me, UTSA this coaching has... and that execution – like that's nightmare scenario. To me. me, this has UTSA revenge tour written all doesn't it over it. Like when 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 they you, just have the stars aligning right now. When you and Craven were in the Alamo Dome last year, right? Mm-hmm. We maybe were like, should be a good game. Houston's probably a favorite, or yeah. they were the favorite, and right. they should be a sizable favorite, right? Because you just thought too much talent, right, on one side, too much physical talent, just mm-hmm. overwhelm them. Mm-hmm. Looking back at that game, UTSA, looking back on that season, they're probably like, damn, we should have won we that should game. Have That's a disappointing game for UTSA now. And Crave and I have talked about this. If that game were to happen later in the season as like a quote-unquote conference game, yeah. you, that would have been UTSA's yeah. game to win. Right. Absolutely. They, they need Clayton to pull win. a rabbit out of the hat. Like exactly. That, that random fumbling, tumbling touchdown he had in well, overtime. Well, and I, I don't think I would trust Clayton Toon to do that later in the season for Houston as well. Sure. You know, I think that he was healthy coming into the season. That was game one, yeah. you know, and I, I just don't trust that Clayton Toon would have been able to pull that rabbit out of his hat later on in the season. Yep. I, th- I, I would have given that to UTSA if they would have played early in the se- or later on in the season. So Sorry, I've been a little sad. I've been doing some recon on the state, okay. of, <laughs> state of the program at Houston. I think it's summed up by this tweet from Cameron Johnson, a departing first oh, team. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot first about that. Lineman. Completely forgot. After Alton McCaskill announced he's going to transfer, he goes, y'all mad because boys not trying to sink with the ship? Be real. I'll gladly stay on this side. Houston yeah. Cougars 2023 preview. Yeah, <laughs> that is. Uh, I'm scared. <laughs> yeah, I, I, look, I'm, uh, it could all I'm come crashing nervous. down in week <laughs> one. Now, again, yeah. this is my this is my pessimistic lens for Houston, right? Very much as far as looking at talent and just like roster makeup. Sure, you could say like offensive line wise, defensive line wise, physical talent. Houston has the better players, mm-hmm. physical like size, right? But. We've said that about UTSA for every game they've played, basically. Frank Harris right. is a magician. Right. We've said that about, like, yeah, as far as physical size, as far as talent, as far as, like, on feet, you know, like, numbers, 40 times, all that stuff, UTSA doesn't have the best roster. But as far as execution, as far as, they're you know, clean. efficiency, mm-hmm. as far as game plan, they're clean. They don't beat themselves. 
They have the coaching staff to get it done. And time and time again, that's just happened. And so they have depth too. Part of me, part of me, yeah. And just now they have depth. Now they're healthy, yeah. right? Like that's that's like part of me is interested in seeing that. I wouldn't be surprised if Houston comes out right and they win twenty-eight twenty, even twenty-eight seventeen, right? It wouldn't blow my mind. They're a Big Twelve team, right? It would mm-hmm. not blow my mind. It would not blow my mind if Houston if, if Houston comes out and looks like the worst team against a team that just knows how to execute. Right. right. Uh, Give me any outcome, and I'm like, okay. Right. Yeah. Close for game, sure. blowout either sure. way. He's like, yeah, that makes sense. Right? He's like, I you think, can see it either way. Where yeah. it's like, oh, yeah, that kind of makes sense. Now, I, I don't think Houston blows them out, obviously. No, no. But either, uh, any other thing besides a Houston blowout, I'm kind of like, yeah, it makes sense. Right? Houston squeaking out a win. UTSA squeaking out a win. Houston comfortable but not squeaking out. Uh, UTSA kind of blowing them out. I can see all that happening. So, and then immediately Dana Holger's in hot seat if that happens. Uh, like, I also think I also think this is Houston's game to lose too. Sure. I don't think UTS. I think no matter the outcome, I think UTSA can take something away from this 100%. and look at it, turn it around as a positive. It's a, I mean, they're playing up, right? They're playing a Big Twelve, a Power Five opponent. Yep. You know, like the they're going to take. They're not going to get blown out. UTSA is not going to get blown out. They right. know that. So if they lose by a little bit, they can take this and turn it into a positive. You know, moving forward into the new new look American conference later on in the season houston on the other hand they gotta stare this in the face if they they start (laughs) the season against an american opponent yeah they were the conference they they just left (laughs) and they lose yeah and then they have to go ahead and play in the big 12 a conference they're not familiar with yeah i'm sorry dana holgerson Mm -hmm. you might be on the hot seat you will be on the hot they'll find some i've mentioned how tillman fertitta is building like a new 80 million dollar facility for the rockets he'll he'll take some of that money away and be like where's yeah. some of the let me get let me, get, let me make it 75 million to make sure i get this right, buyout money right. let me get some of my cpas in here <laughs> right, <laughs> right, right. yeah it, it could it could go very wrong very quickly and by the way here's why it's also interesting for me because houston obviously they have its home game utsa all that stuff then they get rice who they only be by seven last year the next week Right. They only beat Rice 34-27. I forgot year. about that. Yeah, That's when that's things right. really started to look scary. Obviously, the Kansas games really when right. things were like, oh, Houston's probably not that good this year. The Rice games when I really started to be like, oh, no, they're really not good this year. Because right. we love Rice. You shouldn't be within a touchdown of Houston. No. <laughs> Ever. Right. If Houston's clicking on the right uh, situations, they should not be in the right situation. And so the, the Rice team, yeah. I don't know, sneaky JT Daniels. JT Daniels. Com- com- Five-star quarterback, baby. Like, we'll see. I don't know. So, yeah, it's it's that's why I'm interested in this one. Week one, it could set the narrative right away for how the season's going to go. Definitely. That's so. a good pick. All three good picks. Yeah. I think you can't go wrong on that list, but – Man, we're gonna have an exciting non-conference this Ooh, year. Right away, yeah. First, I can't wait to do these previews every week. I was like, about I'm to say, so this excited. Is be a, this is gonna be a ton of fun. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that'll do it for us. Uh, by the way, go check out the top ten rankings of the non-conference schedule on textfootball.com from Mike Craven. Um. Let me see. I'm trying to think. Da, 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 da. Yeah, that's it. Oh yeah, Carter also has the uh, piece over the top, uh, the most impactful summer transfers. Of course, we talked about Colorado bringing in a ton of a ton of guys mm-hmm. this summer. A bunch of schools all over the state are bringing in a bunch of players over the summer. Go check out Carter's piece as well, top uh, on over the most impactful transfers. Not necessarily players who are going to start right away, but players who will make an impact as their time kind of yep. goes over their college career. So we were about to head off to College Station. So we'll Correct. we'll sweat, we'll die. Send us your cold thoughts. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> please. please. Send we'll us pictures them. of air conditioning. <laughs> please don't, because then I'm going to be sad. <laughs> Just but don't contact us. <laughs> don't do that. But do 
keep it to TexasFootball.com and yep. Texan Live to keep track of everything through Saturday, uh, including the championship games, the Division One, Division Two, and Division Three. And we will talk to you guys next Wednesday. Jimbo Fisher, please. We've talked to 12 of the 13 FBS head coaches. You're the only one that we have not yet talked to. And there's a bunch of new coaches. And there's a bunch too, of new so. coaches, and we somehow got all, got to all of them before we've talked to you. So, hmm. Jimbo Fisher, please give us a call as well. Go Rutgers, homefield. We're going to reach out to Shiano before and see if he'll, if say, he'll come, on it, come on instead of, uh, <laughs> instead of Jimbo Fisher. So, go Rutgers, homefieldapparel.com. They also have Rutgers gear. So, go Correct. Scarlet Knights.